welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue in this series on Fear is a Liar. And uh, I've been reading previously when we first started out the series on the five deceptions of fear from a author called Todd E. Pressman. He's a PhD and it was in Psychology Today. Well, he has a part two in this and it's a pretty short one. So I wanted to try to cover some of that today and possibly tomorrow and then we're going to get start getting into the solutions behind all of this. But I think you really need to understand how devastating this can be. Um, so he talks about those, uh, referring to the five deceptions of fear But in addition to the deceptions, fear also manipulates our perception, uh, distorting the objective truth of things. In so doing, it throws fantastic images before our eyes and otherwise twists our understanding of who we are and what the world is all about. The reality we perceive when fearful is necessarily a distortion, uh, for fear will not allow us to see those aspects of truth that we find too threatening. Okay, so... If something is way too terrifying to face, uh, even just the idea of it will make us avoid it and lie to ourselves so we can avoid it. And, you know, some might call that a survival mechanism, and in a way it is, certainly. Um, But at the same time, you know, we have the ability to use some logic and pull back from it and think about whether or not it's it's benefiting us or not. Okay. Okay. We've all had experiences where the distortion becomes extreme, a grotesque mockery of objectivity, so very different from ordinary perception, the article goes on. If we deconstruct and thereby expose the manipulations of fear, we can more readily see that they are, in fact, manipulations or illusions with no ultimate validity. This makes it possible to begin to mistrust our fear, poking holes in its pretense and developing the conviction that our experience of it is not absolute and fixed after all. In short, we begin to see that the fear is really not real. Okay, so in the deconstruction anxiety model, which is something that he refers to, eight manipulations of fear, eight primary ways distort our perception. So here's the eight, and that's what I wanted to make sure I got on this episode for you, because I think this is really critical, okay? So here's number one, the hypnotizing effect of fear. Um, You know, it actually can be addicted to fear. You can be addicted to negativity to the point that you don't even realize you're addicted. Um, It just becomes a way of life for you and something you crave, even if it's hurting or damaging you in some way. I mean, have you ever known someone who's addicted to the news and just couldn't stop watching it? And you know, by the way, the news, just like any other business, sells what they sell by fear. That's how they get people to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. Um, and so they make out the worst case scenario. And I mean, I and I'm obviously going away from his article here, but you know, um, I know someone that encountered that really too much news for so long that it it, it it caused them to implode in terms of their ability to think straight, and they ended up making a very dangerous decision and lost seven years of their lives in the penitentiary. Well, 
Uh, don't need to mention any names here, but but I'm just saying, you know, you've got to be careful. You've got to you've got to realize that you know we're we're pretty fragile in terms of our ability to absorb things that we should be more cautious of. All right, number two, the lie of fear. Uh, and yep, we've been talking about that. Number three, the demand of fear. That's an interesting one. Think about that one. So if fear can can be very demanding. Uh, it can make us do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do because we're so terrified and gripped by it. We just can't help ourselves. We just have to do it, even if it's not a good decision. Number four, the ruminative quality of fear. Number five, the impatience of fear. Fear requires us to act now, now, hurry, before it's too late, before you can't fix it anymore, before something happens to you, before you get sick, before whatever, whatever. We get impatient and we, we rush into decisions we shouldn't make. The future uh, orientation of fear is number six. The time distortion of fear. And finally, number eight, the self-generating quality of fear. So these are all things that he's listed. And, and he's going to talk about uh, the first four in this next section here. So I'm going to go ahead and share some of this, and then he's he said he's promising that he's got the other four in another uh, article, which I don't know if I'll go on that far. But I want to just touch on these a little bit. I don't know if I'll read them word for word, but I do want to share a little bit of what he has to say about these, uh, just so you can get a better idea of, of how fear may be attacking you. So the hypnotizing effect was the first one he mentioned. That was number one, and he said fear is a master hypnotist. It creates a sort of trance wherein we stare in horrible fascination, and all that we can imagine go wrong. How many times have you overthought something that never even happened? I mean, I know I've done it before. Our rational self, that which would otherwise consider a variety of alternative responses, it seems to go to sleep. We react automatically without considering these options at all, compelled to make drastic assumptions of catastrophe, and we catastrophize, right? And in ruin and devastation. All right, the number two was the lie of fear. And the fear also makes us believe that many possible things could go wrong in a situation and that they're all going to happen at once. And as we hold these possibilities in our mind, we start to feel very anxious and a need to prepare uh, for all of them at the same time, which then becomes very overwhelming and paralyzing. Kaleidoscope of images fills our minds as we desperately try to keep track of all the possible things, threats, and anxiously look for others who may not have... Uh, others we may not have accounted for. Um, so th this is uh, this is what, and actually he uses a phrase from a Buddhist. Uh, it's a, fr a phrase phenomena. It's called like a drunken monkey stung by a bee, <laughs> and that's probably a pretty good description. Well, I've run out of time today, so I'm going to get to the last two he has mentioned here tomorrow, and then we're going to go ahead and I believe jump into our our solutions. This is Michelle Steffes. Reframe and rewire. Please join me back if you, if you think this might help someone. Please share it. Thank you.